Hello and welcome to this episode of the Living Business Podcast. Over the course of this series, you'll be hearing from regional business owners and market experts on themes such as energy efficiency, waste management and sustainability strategy. Thank you very much for joining the fourth Living Business 2022 webinar. This one is about going beyond rubbish. Um, we all uh, generate a lot of waste actually personally, um, but also in the business environment, businesses in the region. In some cases, like in the UAE, dealing with higher landfill charges, um, but we've all got a lot of waste that we need to manage as sustainably as we possibly can. So I'm very excited to have with us uh, some waste management experts who can talk about their experience, both in trying to handle waste better, but also in providing solutions to more effective waste recycling. And I'm going to start by introducing Sherry Matthew, who is the head of sustainability at BR. I'm sure uh, most of you, probably all of you have heard of BR, one of the region's leading waste management companies. Formidable reputation that it's established over the last few years in handling waste in a more sustainable way. And it's also been expanding into other countries in the region outside of its base in the UAE. So, Sherry, can you tell me a bit about how BR is recycling waste? BR is a uh, base out of Sharjah, and we have a four square kilometer area of what we call the Disneyland of waste, where we process a lot of different kinds of waste. So we, we have the distinction of diverting at least 76% of the waste that we receive on a daily basis to different facilities. And those facilities then try and recover material from the waste streams that we get. So that's, that's one approach from a, a city or municipal contract perspective. The other approach is, of course, from a micro perspective, from a particular location depending on what that location is. Uh, their source segregation is the focus there. So there we need to, of course, partner with the hands on the site, the operators on site, facility management companies, whatever, to collaborate with us, people on site. So depending on what the facility is, we have different stakeholders who work with us to recycle materials. We call it the material recovery facility where we get waste maybe co-mingled, segregated at source, but it's co-mingled, collected by the same truck. It comes to our facility, then our facility, we have people and robots working to recover waste. So it becomes, makes their efficiency much, much higher, let's say by 50%, because it's already been segregated to an extent. Everyone wants to reduce landfill. So this is, it's going to happen. Every city all over the world will have a material recovery facility. Maybe I turn to Cameron uh, next. Cameron is a founding partner in a company called Trident Trackway, which has six or seven years history in uh, turning plastic into reuse, a reusable product. You know, of all the different plastics that are around, how much can really be recycled and, and how effectively can it be recycled? Like you said, though, there's a whole spectrum of plastic that's out there. Uh, we all know the, f the food films, uh, the plastic bottles, the caps, all the kind of consumer plastics, but we feel that you know one of the key enablers to to taking plastic from being very linear to being circular is is business. You know we're very focused on ultimately trying to provide our customers, which are 
construction and events management companies with the more sustainable alternative that they would otherwise traditionally use. And how we're achieving that is by looking at some of the more hardwearing products that they need to use on the sites that um, we can effectively transform waste plastic, such as polypropylene, HDPE, those kind of uh, products that you get from from the waste stream, from uh, things like used crates, car bumpers, you know, pipes, all kinds of connections. You know, there's a variety of different styles of plastic, basically, that, that you can really pull out of out of the system and transforming that into a product that, you know, is robust. It doesn't have to necessarily be pretty, but it's got to stand up to the job. And, you know, that's where we found quite a good niche and therefore are able to absorb quite a lot of plastic from the market when it comes to, you know, that specific segment of, of product. I mean, is it in your experience, and I know you're setting up or you're looking at setting up a new, you've obviously got the Triton Trackway business, which is which is creating these robust industrial strength trackways for construction and for exhibition areas and so on. You're looking at, and, and, and does that require a specific type of plastic, Cameron? At the moment, it does because it's an injection molding process, which is quite sensitive. Uh, so the plastic has to be, you know, certain types of plastics with flow characteristics, um, you know, that need to be relatively cleaned and then, you know, crushed down and pelletized so it can be basically melted again and used in injection molding. So, you know, that requires a fair amount of being selective, let's say, in terms of the raw material that you choose. However, there's still plenty, plenty of opportunity out there for, for recycling plastics in that field. What we're working on, actually taking mixed plastic, uh, instead of segregating and cleaning it, is really taking it as it comes from, from the trash bins uh, and through a very unique process, being able to mix that together with fibrous material that doesn't need washing, doesn't need segregation. Um, you can basically tip the whole bin in there plus things like mattresses, fibrous materials, car bumpers, fil filters, you know, you name it, and, and can produce a product such as a wood replacement board, like a plywood replacement board or a, or a molded product like a, a manhole cover, which is extremely robust and, and doesn't absorb moisture because it's a mix of plastic and fiber. So there are technologies out there. Um, again, you need businesses to drive that, to see that there's uh, opportunity in the market, which we see that there very, very much is, again, in our areas where we're looking at um, construction, events industry, uh, furniture business, you know, the, the demand for, for wood type of products is, is extremely high. And if we can substitute products that are, especially in the UAE, imported and cause things like deforestation by a product that's made locally from waste, um, you know, that's very robust. I think, it, you know, that's, that is circularity uh, to a T and, and that's what us as a business are aiming at doing and we would encourage, you know, lots and lots of businesses to do that because that is the future. It sounds almost too good to be true, but it's really heartening to hear that technology is uh, enabling or should be enabling us to get to grips with uh, at least part of the the waste, not just plastic, but other forms of waste too. I mean, it, it, putting it all in one uh, mixture and coming out with a, an alternative to wood is just brilliant. Joshua, um, I'd like to introduce Joshua. Joshua is from a, a company called Summertown, which is a fit-out contractor, but a fit-out contractor with a difference. Uh, Summertown, its founder, is very, very committed to sustainability within Summertown's business. And I know Summertown is focusing on this year is how to recycle more of the waste that comes out of your project sites. Joshua, would you, can you say a bit more about that? Our new focus was um, really reaching out to the community, getting involved in the community and seeing who different partners we could team up with 
And I think the living business program that HSBC is putting on here has is, is really helped us quite rapidly in finding those partners, and which has resulted in our, our diversion from waste rapidly increasing as well. Um, I think we've put a few structural um, and processes in place within the company as well. So, you know, we've, we've got a health and safety environment manager on board who really focuses in on all of our sites and visiting them. We've had a lot of buy-in from the team recently as well coming out of COVID that we need to improve the diversion. So it's really been a collective throughout the company as well as putting structures and processes in place. Brilliant. No, no, it's very, it's very, I, I often hear uh, companies talking about how important it is to get the team involved um, and get them bought into the vision, but also get them generating ideas and contributing to finding the right solutions. I know one of the companies we uh, we just recently introduced you to is a company called Ducon Green, and I uh, I, I didn't really I, I wasn't even aware of them um, until Summertown reached out to us and said, you know, could we help with their the aggregate the concrete waste um, that they that you you take out of sites uh, from time to time. So we found Ducon Green, and I mean Ducon Green are certified by Dubai Municipality to process concrete and reuse it. So they 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 re, they take concrete. They will take concrete from companies like Summertown or any any company that has waste concrete that uh, would rather not send it to landfill. And Ducon Green can potentially be part of part of the solution. Um, really uh, exciting development for Dubai. I wondered if we could just go around uh, now uh, to each of you, starting with you, Sherry. I always like to be quite specific and, and give examples of real things that are happening in the real world because it brings the whole topic alive to the people who are listening and will maybe inspire them to think about doing something similar. So I just wonder if each of you can give me a particularly good example of where you've seen waste management working really well in practice today. What comes to mind right now is the Nespresso. So if uh, customers de deposit their coffee pots at uh, Nespresso stores or get them to collect it, uh, it is all centralized in their facility in Jabalali from where we collect the coffee pots, take it to our facility where we have a special machine. We separate all the fractions. The coffee waste is extracted. The aluminum is separated and goes into metal recycling. The coffee waste is extracted. Essentially, it's coffee. So once we finish the drying and all of that, we send it off to a farm in Mulkoin to use it in, uh, in the farm. So es essentially, they've become a complete zero-waste product. I particularly like the Nespresso one because it's a good example of a, a company taking responsibility for the waste its own products are producing and giving its consumers the opportunity for that product waste to be recycled. So really a, a very good example. And I hope that more companies will follow um, follow Nespresso's example and take accountability for the waste that their products produce. Cameron, uh, over to you next. Any specific example that comes to mind uh, from, from your business or from somewhere yeah, else? Yeah, yeah one, one particular example, I suppose, talks a, a little bit more about collaboration and why why it's so important and uh, you know one of the companies that we have worked with many are plastics manufacturer of other products they manufacture pipe fittings and they also manufacture bottle caps and in both of those processes you know we we established a relationship and were able to understand through their process that when they're manufacturing bottle caps for example one company uh, needs a clear one and another company needs a blue one and to change the production line from a different color, you're talking tens of thousands of bottle caps that are 
incrementally different in color until it runs clear. Uh, so now you've got a situation where you've got thousands and thousands of bottle caps that are not usable. And so they end up being effectively disposed of. Uh, similarly, when it comes to making pipe fittings, a bit like those old toy sets that we used to have where, you know, you would twist the bits out, you've got that bits, you know, the, the frame that holds it all together. Uh, and that's kind of how pipe fittings are made. So you've got that carcass and that frame that's left and that gets disposed of. So, you know, again, for us, the color doesn't really matter. And, you know, the, the nature of how the product is to start with doesn't matter. So we're able to relieve them of all of that waste and crush it up and basically turn it into our flooring product. You know, so from their perspective, they're, they're really able to find a, a channel to get responsibly rid of the waste that they're generating. Um, and, and for us, it's, it's fantastic material because it's not really contaminated and everybody's happy. Oh, brilliant. Brilliant. Joshua, any, any examples maybe from your own business or another business you've seen that has inspired you? Yeah, I think we, we've been inspired recently by one of our main carpet suppliers, actually. Speaking to them uh, recently, one of their processes has been to try to reuse their sold carpets and they're providing their team or a team to go in there and remove that carpet and take it to these um, to these other locations. Another interesting thing is that, that, that over a million square metres of carpet goes into landfill each year so it's quite a huge number so it's been quite um, inspiring to see them start to put in uh, efforts to, to really reduce the impact that carpet has on, on uh, the environment and, and specifically to, to landfill. Fantastic. Fantastic, yeah. We were actually working with Cameron on a, on a carpet. We, we had another customer in the program last year who, in fact, were an, an exhibition centre. I mean, they, if you think healthcare facilities change their carpets very regularly, I can assure you that exhibition and conference centres change <laughs> in the blink of an eye. So we, we, we were looking to see if we could find a solution uh, to a lot of carpets that come out of the many exhibitions that are held in this region. I don't think we've got to an answer yet. Our new project it loves carpet because it gives uh, fibrous uh, material to the product. So, yeah, that's a very, very key component for us. So my eyes lit up when I heard about carpet. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you all very much for joining the webinar. I hope it's been useful. Uh, it, is, it does sound like it's a very exciting area where there's a lot of new developments, new technologies becoming available, new companies being set up. More money available for one per to turn one person's waste into another person's raw materials. So it's definitely something which I think all all businesses should be looking at very critically at this time, and hopefully uh, finding new revenue streams as a result. Thank you all very much, gentlemen. Thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate your ideas, thoughts, and insights. That's it for this edition of the Living Business Podcast. We look forward to welcoming you to the next episode.